Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQD in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Did you make a big purchase during the pandemic that seemed like a good idea at the time and now you've come to regret? Whether it's a fancy exercise bike, a vanigan, a puppy, or a bulk shipment of whole wheat flour, you're not alone. We'll spend the hour reflecting on the decisions we made during the height of the pandemic and how they've held up as the world has slowly, painfully crept back towards normalcy. Maybe you're one of those people who has a garage full of unused exercise equipment who maintains, I regret nothing. Or maybe just those extra packets of ramen at the very back of your pantry are driving you nuts. There's room for all kinds of forum listeners and regrets. They're all coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Despite its horrors and everyday annoyances, the thing that intrigued me most about the pandemic has been the way that it let us toss off our previous selves. The you who entered March 2020 was sustained and held together by the world as it was. Then when everything went haywire, there was a new space to be something different if you had the privilege to do more than survive. People seized that space moving cities, quitting jobs, buying different things, starting hobbies, meeting neighbors. All at once, the parameters of the world were different, so all of us were too. The pandemic isn't over, as the regular exposure alerts from school and work can attest. But maybe we've gotten enough distance from those early pandemic days of chaos to start reflecting. What did we learn about ourselves, our blocks, our cities? Not every new habit or purchase or decision worked out. In fact, people have some regrets out there. And that's what today's show is about. Regret. The things you bought, the choices you made, that which you did or did not do in the altered reality of the pandemic. This is really one of those shows where we expect you to drive us places. So give us a call. Tell us about a pandemic purchase or lifestyle change that you've come to regret. Why do you regret it? What'd you learn from the experience? You can give us a call. 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's KQED Forum. And the email is forum at kqed.org. Joining us to discuss some pandemic regrets, we've got Jorge Barraza, professor of psychology and director of the Applied Psychology Master's Program at the University of Southern California. Welcome, Jorge. Thank you. Happy to be with you. We also have Aperna Labru, a professor of marketing and a consumer psychologist at Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern. Welcome. Thank you so much, Alexis. Happy to be here. 
So maybe let's start out with you, Jorge. I mean, various articles, including a recent piece in Vox, The Pandemic Impulse Purchases We Grew to Hate by uh, Emily Stewart, um, lists a bunch of different items that people um, decided weren't worth it. Bikes, uh, hot tubs, air fryers, even pets in some cases. Yet there are other people who say those are things they can't live without. Um, Starting with you, Jorge, are there pandemic purchases that you regret making? Absolutely. I think I'm not alone when I will say I regretted uh, the amount that I spent on exercise equipment uh, (laughs) during the pandemic. Uh, You know, this was a time where uh, our lives were disturbed. The habits that we had uh, were disrupted and we tried to form uh, new behaviors to accommodate for the changes in our lives. And one of the things was the closing of gyms. And so I I purchased probably a little too much that I I, I thought I'd be using uh, and then turned out that I didn't so much. You know, I'm the opposite. I I ended up in the Pelotono sphere, as regular listeners know, and I, I found it like just absolutely uh, wonderful and a great uh, hedge against uh, wildfires is how I think of it, too, uh, when you can't go exercise outside. Um, how about you, Aparna? Do you have any pandemic regrets? Um, well, thankfully, I did not go ahead and spend a whole bunch of money on something, uh, or I did not make big lifestyle changes, so I did not bulk purchase a whole <laughs> garage full of whole wheat flour. I did not buy a new house. I adore animals. I did not buy a new pet. But yes, of course, I did make a lot of purchases that just make me smile now. So for instance, I went ahead and bought a little slow cooker. Uh, now it's still lying in its closet in its original packing. That time I was craving healthy foods, comfort foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't very expensive, to be clear, and it was on sale. So it doesn't feel mm-hmm. that bad. You know, so why didn't you go make a bunch of wild purchases? Was this something that was like intentional, like you knew from your field of study that in a moment like this, people might make regrettable decisions? Uh, I wish it was that. Actually, with the little purchases I made, I think I suffered from a lot of cognitive biases anyway. I suffered from a familiarity bias, which is the innate preference that people have for things that are familiar. And this gets enhanced during periods Mm -hmm. of uncertainty. So I did buy that, but I continued to use my old scratchy one setting comfort cooker, which I already had. I suffered from the status quo bias, the fact that I wouldn't want to change my lifestyle as much once I actually engaged in purchases. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so I did make a lot of these small purchases, but they just make me smile. Mm-hmm. What I do regret, actually, is the inaction, because I feel that there was a lot of inaction regret. I could have done so much more. Mm-hmm. I hung down. And I could have gone out and actually embraced uh, remote living and, and done something more. I also made good changes in my life. I went ahead and started exercising more. I did not buy the exercise equipment that Horia did, but I actually went for a walk every day. I ate healthier. And I've given those things up right now as we've come back to normal. So I regret that as well. Yeah. You know what? Let's uh, just go to the phones early. Let's bring in Rachel in San Francisco. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, everybody. Thanks for taking my call. I This is such a classic thing to talk about. So I was just talking to your screener, and I have quite a few things. The first one was <laughs> I went cuckoo about germs and bought a, a very expensive steamer so that I could 
basically nuke my entire kitchen, the floors, everything, and I've only used it once. And then my daughter had to come home. Wonderful dog, and I don't regret getting her, but now I regret how much it's costing me to take care of her because I'm now traveling for work again. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's it's a doozy. Um, and then I also still have about four cases of toilet paper and paper towels. <laughs> um, what kind of dog did you get? Just curious. She's a mutt, but she's awesome. She's like a, a miniature poodle mix, and she gets me out every day. I keep walking. Like she was just talking about how she doesn't walk anymore, but yeah. I walk her every day, which is such a gift, but darn animals are expensive. Yeah, that's true. You know, and Jorge, this seems like a perfect example of where, like, you know, in the pandemic, having a puppy, having a dog, you're at home all day, uh, at least for, for some people, that's sort of one thing. But now work travel comes back. Now people are back in offices, you know, at least in some uh, some days of the week. And suddenly the dog gets tougher. Um, what do we how should we think about that? Yeah, that's a good, yeah, it's a great point that we make decisions based on our, our anticipations of what the future is going to be like. Uh, ultimately, most decisions are cost benefit calculation, whether it's conscious or unconscious. And regret usually comes from that misconstrual that uh, we think that there's going to be more benefit ra- relative to the cost that we bear at that moment in time when we purchase that thing or the cost of maintaining, like, like say, a puppy. So that regret is going to be coming out as, as we see with these kinds of instances, the more we miscalculate. And when that's likely to happen is when these uh, decisions are made on the heat of the moment uh, mm-hmm. based on emotions that uh, might be driving these. Yeah. You know, Perna, for me, the a lot of the most uh, regrettable purchases I made were in a very particular kind of time and place. Uh, that time was later at night um, after I'd had like very long days. I was working on a very intense project at the time. Um, and it the place was Instagram. <laughs> what what can you tell me about sort of the relationship between sort of online purchasing behavior in particular in these apps that have become malls and uh and, and in particular kind of late at night or like fatigued kind of uh purchase decisions. You know, you're absolutely right in this uh, observation of yours. And I think many of the listeners would also uh, connect with this. Uh, A lot of us ended up, because of the stress and the uncertainty we were facing, looking for things that were comforting. And so we ended up in night browsing through Amazon or Instagram and buying things. And in general, uh, people, their purchase decisions tend to be open to various influences. The first level of influences is individual level influences, things that are going on with me. So if I'm tired, if I'm depleted, I'm more likely to go ahead and buy things that make me feel safe or that make me feel happy. It gives me a sense of control to actually buy things. And that might happen, you know, late in the evening, you're feeling tired, you might go ahead and buy it. The second thing that goes ahead and prompts uh, purchases could be something like a network effect. So you may have actually gone on Facebook, looked at things that others are posting. You might have felt this urge to go ahead and buy. Again, in an unprecedented time of uncertainty, people look for social proof and the kind of things that others are doing when they go ahead and make their decisions. 
A third thing that influences us is the situation itself or the situational context. The way information is being presented to us can sometimes prompt us to make decisions that we did not intend to do. So all of these things, fatigue, mood, need for comfort, need for certainty, uh, network effects, and the way information is being presented to us can prompt us to make decisions that we might not make otherwise, and then come to regret. And that's why I own nine chore coats. <laughs> that should have made it pretty much uh, all of those factors, I think, are at play in, in those purchases. We're talking about the pandemic purchases people regret with Aparna Labru, a professor of marketing and consumer psychologist at Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern, and Jorge Barasa, a professor of psychology and director of the Applied Psychology Master's Program at USC. We're also hearing from you. Tell us about a pandemic purchase or lifestyle change that you've come to regret. Why and what did you learn from that? You can give us a call, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's KQED Forum, and the email is forum at kqed.org. We have a lot of submissions coming in already. Uh, poor Ethan. Ethan tweets, At the start of the bread craze and the shortages thereof, I bought three massive packages of bulk yeast. I've gotten through one-third of one. Oh, well, at least yeast doesn't go bad. Uh, Norm tweets on the other end of the spectrum, Rowing machine was the best $1,000 I've ever spent. I couldn't tell you how endorphins work or dopamine or serotonin, but for stress management and good sleep, there's nothing like it. Highly recommended. Another listener tweeted, I bought a surface cleaning UV robot that won't shut up about my Netflix playlist. Yes, I regret buying it. I might also suggest you could turn it off. That might work. Uh, Jessica tweets, I bought a lot of things during the pandemic, and I only regret one, a Himalayan salt lamp. In case you're not familiar, it's a lamp carved out of pink Himalayan salt that is purported to provide light as well as health and spiritual benefits. I'm also glad it is exactly what it says on the tin. I'm Alexis Madrigal. This is Forum. Stay tuned for more of your regrets after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about the pandemic purchases that people regret with Jorge Barasa, professor of psychology and director of the Applied Psychology Master's Program at USC, and Aparna Labru, professor of marketing and consumer psychologist at Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern. And of course, we're talking with you as well. And I'd love to hear Kalyan in Sunnyvale. Welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you. Uh, my regret was similar to what one of your guests, Aparna, mentioned. Uh, my wife and I, we always thought, hey, life in Bay Area was very hectic and busy, and we wanted to explore how life in other cities would be. But we always thought, oh, well, we have our jobs here. That's where our life is. Uh, when then pandemic hit, we thought, hey, this might be a time. But somehow felt, it's a big thing. I don't know if you like it or not. But now that life is back to close to normal, uh, that's a big regret that we have thinking, man, we should have done that. I don't know why we didn't do mm. that. That would have been a perfect cover. That was my regret. Where would you have gone? I would have gone to Virginia. My family, uh, a bunch of my cousins live there, so I wanted to be close to the family too. Yeah, yeah. I've spent a little time in Virginia. You don't need it. You should stay here. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, that's great. Uh, let me ask you, Jorge, about this. Thank you for that uh, call. You know, we've been talking mostly about things, but these experiences, like where people would have had to make these sort of financial and logistical maneuvers to have a new experience, you know, living in a new city, say, is there a similar kind of calculus that people go through? Or is that actually, you know, kind of different because it requires more from us? Yeah, yes and no. You end up finding that decision-making is decision-making to a certain extent where it's just about the wing of different costs and benefits. Now, when it's a larger decision, of course, there's a lot more hesitancy of making that decision. So a lot more stress and uncertainty can come from that, right? It's the difference between say, uh, buying a candy bar versus buying a car, uh, you're clearly going to be thinking a lot more about one versus the other one. Uh, But the caller really brings up this thing uh, about inaction regret, which was mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So a lot of consumers do experience that sense of inaction regret just as much as they experience regret from purchases. And what we see is a lot of companies do start leveraging that as an opportunity to get consumers to take action by making things feel a a lot more urgent than they really are uh, with things such as scarcity or having something be for a limited time only, per se. Yeah, so interesting. Leslie writes, I never buy on Amazon and instead support local businesses, but my sister convinced me to use her Amazon Prime to buy several electric blankets to make the delivery more worth it. I also purchased some olive oil, big amount of paper towels. Each item came on different days with different huge gas-powered megatrucks with individual boxes and the paper towels and blanket were wrapped in bubble wrap. A huge amount of waste, gas, carbon footprint for a simple order to make my life a bit more convenient. I do regret that. Uh, Aparna, this is a, a really interesting one because it's really not about regretting the thing itself, but more about the mode of purchase um, in particular, the in- environmental you know, costliness of that mode of purchase. Uh, is that something that you've seen kind of rising, that people don't necessarily regret what they bought, but how they bought it? You know, I'm so glad you brought up this question because I do actually purchase a lot on Amazon. And this is exactly what I regret when when packages come in and I think about the cost to the environment. 
And I think that uh, the pandem pandemic was an interesting time because uh, when people feel a lot of uncertainty, they look outside and they, they also start thinking about uh, others around them and the impact that things are have having. So my sense is that during that time, people were just more vocal. They were engaging much more in collective action. They, and that might have also associated with becoming more partisan, which was not a great thing. Um, but also just general concern for, for the kinds of actions they're doing and how these are going to influence in the long term. Mm -hmm. so, so I do think that these things are important. Uh, typically, uh, people think about the environment and things like that when they're actually in a better mood, when they can foresee the future and they're thinking long term. Uh, but sometimes when you do a lot of something, like getting a lot of packages, it just reminds you um, what you are up to. So, so yes, I think that that can be problematic. And I think people did start thinking about these things. Uh, and social issues just also became more salient, I think, at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jorge, I wanted to ask you, you know, we got a, a listener from, uh, listener Charlie, who wants to acknowledge that, you know, it's a privileged conversation about what we got to buy rather than what we had to buy or those who could not afford to buy because of income and job loss. Um, how would you uh, think about that? I mean, given the kind of society we live in, do you feel like consumer regret is something that's exclusive to, you know, the, the upper middle class? Or do you feel like that it, you know, uh, extends across the entire income range? Yes, that's an excellent point that when we're thinking about this, it's easy to think about uh, middle to upper class uh, consumers and not necessarily the lower class that are living uh, paycheck to paycheck. Uh, we do see that the re regret does span uh, all, all income levels, but the kind of regret experience might be having greater repercussions uh, at, at the lower tiers, right? The, the the regret that we experienced uh my, myself for instance with the exercise bike well that that that's a regret in terms of uh having the kind of use right that it was ended up being low utility for me uh or or perhaps you know other people might experience regret uh from say a poor product quality uh or that it, they felt like it was a heat of moment uh purchase but uh what you might see in other uh, uh like lower income consumers are things like uh, regret through um, having better choices or lower prices that come after the fact that we might not necessarily think so much about if if price wasn't really an issue, but price could be that regret that is experienced by those at lower income. Yeah. Let's bring in Kathleen from Santa Rosa. Welcome, Kathleen. Hi. Um, I just wanted to sort of say the reverse of what the topic is, which is that I learned what I didn't need. Hmm. I learned how much I could get by with things like libraries, where I'd been buying a lot of books. I looked in my closet and realized I probably never needed to buy another piece of clothing in my life. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just found that I didn't need as much as I thought. And a lot of the things that I'd been dreaming about, about what would be nice or pretty, I realized they don't matter to me anymore. And something happened during those couple of years of isolation that made me rethink a lot. And I also became much more conscious of the environment, of the people in need in this world. I don't know. It was a big shift in my 
That's mentality so to, to have that realization. Did you make other changes in your life, you know, aside from that one? Well, I oddly, I'm something of a loner and fairly shy. I discovered I missed people more than I thought. Hmm. And I've made more effort to reach out a little bit. I'm, you know, I haven't changed my whole personality, <laughs> but uh, it's, it, it was really life-altering for me, that experience, the, the introspection and the thinking about how, I, what I, how to cope with the whole situation. Yeah. And do you feel like those changes are sticking, even as things kind of have been crawling back towards normalcy? Do you feel like sort of permanently yeah. altered? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I'm sure that the manufacturing and uh, economic world must shiver in their boots, but I don't look at ads much anymore. I don't read the kinds of magazines that say, oh, you need this dress, you need this piece of furniture, you need this, you need that. Mm -hmm. I'm looking more for the people who are talking about how to save the world. Mm, That's so, thank you so much. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that's a beautiful uh, thing that you've shared with us, Kathleen. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I, I, I love that call, Jorge and uh, Perna. I'm not sure there's that much to say about um, that from like a, from a, a consumer perspective. Um, but it's very, very touching. Let's go um, to another call. Let's bring in uh, Pam in Berkeley. Welcome, Pam. Uh, thank you so much um, for taking my call. Um, one of the things that I um, have a little regret for um, and wish I had better utilized the time that I did have during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, I lost my brother to cancer and we didn't get to say goodbye, which was mm. very sad. Mm. And um, and then I lost my job and I, looking back, I wish I had been able to mobilize myself and use the time um, in ways that you know, didn't get projects done and things that I could have um, been, you know, productive. But I did, you know, on the positive side, I did um, finally get into gear and motivated to do a lot of volunteering and helping people, which was very um, restorative uh, for me. But that that um, regret of not, you know, utilizing the amount of time I had um, yeah. does sit with me. Um, a little bit on my regret side. Were you able to do something more recently, you know, celebrating the life of your brother or, or memorializing? Yes, we finally did have to get to a chance to do a very lovely memorial and gathering of family. And, you know, as things loosen up, we, we now get together um, not as frequently as I'd like, but um, we mm-hmm. definitely have regrouped and um, I think everybody is just kind of coming out of the the um, fog and and um, and the shock places where yeah. we find found ourselves at. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for sharing that, Pam. Sorry to to hear that story as well. Um, but I'm glad glad things are looking up. Thanks for that call. Um, you know, Pam's call really made me think about you know when people are blocked from doing things that they would really like to, you know, like the, the people were unable to visit loved ones um, who died. People were unable to travel to see parents or new babies or all these experiences that are such a, a crucial part of what makes life worth living. Did people rechannel that energy, that, that energy? Is that one of the reasons why we 
white people did sort of buy and and purchase some things they regret now? Uh, You know, uh, what both Pam and Kathleen said, I think they discovered what actually makes them feel happy. Um, People are really bad at predicting what will make them feel happy. And we think that possessions will make us feel happy. But there's a lot of literature showing and studies showing that actually experiences and connecting with people, even doing things for others, makes us feel far happier. And it gives us a positive glow. It makes us feel good about who we are as people. Uh, And it also gives us positive memories. And especially at a time where negative things are happening, these things can be tremendously important. But of course, other people out of stress might have gone ahead and channeled, as you said, that energy into buying other products that they come to regret. And the more consequential the purchase, the more they would likely regret it. But, But I think certainly thinking about what makes people happy, I think both of them actually found things that made them happy and that was a good way to cope. Um, and, and I think that especially, Pam, you know, you should give yourself credit for, give some slack. You did actually do so much and you managed to cope and people cope differently. And so it is really wonderful that you found that you are such a resilient person as well. Yeah. We're talking about the things people regret from the pandemic with Aperna LeBru, professor of marketing, consumer psychologist at Kellogg School of Management, Northwestern, and Jorge Barasa, professor of psychology at USC. And we're hearing from you. You're talking about the changes you did or did not make during the pandemic, the things you bought or did not buy during the pandemic that you regret. You can give us a call, 866-733-6786. People have also been sharing things that they found unexpectedly delightful, actually, or unexpectedly uh, powerful for them. The number is 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or KQED Forum. And the email is forum at kqed.org. Mary tweets um, that her regrets were, quote, fantasy life purchases under lockdown, like a full length vintage 1930s gown, thinking someday I'd be able to go to events again. She still hasn't had the occasion to wear it. There's also uh, a really interesting one I wanted to ask you about, Jorge. One listener writes, at the beginning of the pandemic, I decided to start a pickling business. I bought a ton of mason jars to use as packaging, and I never started the pickle business, and the mason jars are all glasses in my house now. Do you see things like that, you know, where, where someone begins something but, but don't follow through on it? feels like that's one of those things that generates the most regret, almost because the reminders of that intention or that unfulfilled <laughs> goal are like right there all around your house holding flowers now instead of pickles? Absolutely, absolutely, and I think we can all re- uh, all relate to that in some way that we we get excited about uh, a new venture, something that we're excited to explore, and uh, we make that miscalculation of uh, either how much we're going to like it or how much time it takes. Right? It's it's again that miscalculation that leads us down down the wrong path, but you know. Who knows that 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 caller could have had a, a fantastic hobby or new venture through that, and ultimately, what we see uh, in in the literature, uh, much like uh, Aparna mentioned, is that this kind of experiential consumption tends to be uh, what leads to more positive uh, consumer experiences. Um, and if if it were to have succeeded, 
that would have been phenomenal, right? Because now <laughs> they would have had a, a great new hobby or new venture that they would have been able to completely throw themselves into. Now, I had a similar experience, uh, not during the pandemic, but you know, when when the whole homebrewing uh, craze was was going on, and uh, you know, every you know, once a month or every other month when I go to clean out my garage, it's it's staring me in the face. So yeah. uh, it's definitely something we all uh, are guilty. You know, we've had a bunch of different uh, commenters, listeners um, chiming in about pets. Uh, there are a lot of angry people. Uh, Lindsay tweets, do you regret buying a puppy? That's on you. You miscalculated that it would live longer than lockdown. You get an animal, you need to plan for its entire life, not just for your flimsy excuse of it's fun. Gross. Wallace tweets, pets, been to several shelters over the last few months, hundreds of abandoned animals. Anyone who returns pets or abandons them should not be allowed to adopt until vetted. All pet adoption should be a rigorous process. You know, and of course there's the, there's the adoption side of it, Jorge, but there's also, you know, uh, us as people thinking about making a decision, particularly with another living creature, um, is there kind of a checklist you could go through that would say like maybe like that would help you avoid a a, a pet purchase that you regret rather than one that you love? Uh, absolutely, I, I think whenever we're thinking about a serious purchase like that, we should ask ourselves: Do I want it, uh, or is it worth it? Uh, a want is very optional, right? It, it can be something that I want at that very spur of the moment time. Uh, but asking, is it worth it, is how much value, utility it can bring to your life. And if that cost of that, whether it's monetary or time or even emotional effort, is really worth uh, obtaining that, um, say, puppy. And, and we really need to be honest with ourselves when we're doing that, right? Because at that moment, all those anticipated emotions, we might be able to experience that. We we, we see that cute little puppy and think about that, that puppy breath on us, uh, but we don't think about how often we'll need to take it outside. How, you know, that'll be waking us up at five in the morning to take it out. So mm -hmm. what's the job to be done here? Do I really... Can I do a puppy or maybe can I do a fish to start yeah, off? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of course, the pandemic is not over, but we're talking about the purchases that people made in the heights of the pandemic and possible regrets or delights that have come from that. We are joined by Jorge Barasa, professor of psychology at USC and Aparna Labru, a consumer psychologist at the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern. Uh, one last uh, comment here before we go into the break. Lisa writes, I bought too many band posters, music stream shows, and band merchandise, all kinds of musical instruments, too. No regrets there, Lisa. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We are talking about the pandemic decisions people made that they regret or that yielded them unlikely delight. Joined by Jorge Barasa and Aparna Labru, professors in psychology. And we'd love to hear from you. Of course, the number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's KQED Forum. And the email is forum at kqed.org. Let's hear from Mindy in San Francisco with a purchase she loves. Hey, Mindy, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I uh, actually bought an uh, e-bike during the pandemic, which was an incredibly major purchase for me, but it's changed my life, and I love it. And I can't get enough miles on it. I've already done 4,000 miles since the pandemic. And now I feel like I can um, uh, ride with anyone, any place. And I am just so happy. And it was because of the pandemic that I bought it because the gyms were closed. And I couldn't get any exercise. So now I'm just so happy on it. Yeah. Are you um, (laughs) – what do you think it really – it changed for you? Just like you – go you you travel outside the city on the e-bike or you go all the way across the city like it feels like you actually you purchased the bike but what you really bought is those experiences right right and i've actually um joined a biking club and now i don't feel like i'll be left behind Mm -hmm. because i can keep up and i just enjoy that not being in a glass in a car i've been as far as santa rosa i've been as uh down by um san jose um, out by Sacramento. I just go all over and I bought a bike rack for my car, which was also a major purchase as well. It's like, um, you know, it was, I think, $3,000 for the bike and uh, almost 1000 for the bike rack. So that was a big, major thing for me. <laughs> and um, I, I'm just so happy with it. That's great. Well, um, I I am happy for you, Mindy, and I'm also um, a little bit jealous, too, because I don't have an e-bike. <laughs> going into the pandemic, I was like, oh, I'm going to get an e-bike. This is how I'm going to get uh, my kids around. And then just it it didn't happen. Didn't happen. And now, yeah, it feels like those few thousand dollars probably not going to be spent any time soon. Uh, we've got some more comments coming in. Chantal writes in to say, my kids were five and seven when the pandemic started. So my mother, who lives in San Diego, offered to buy them a trampoline. We declined, but a few months later asked if she'd buy the kids a chicken coop instead. Our chickens now live in a fenced area of our front yard, and they've become a neighborhood attraction. We also have Kate wanted to uh, give a shout out for what to do for purchases um, that people have regretted. She said, you know, I want to give a shout out to Buy Nothing uh, for being able to donate purchases that I regretted. I was able to gift the air fryer I bought and scarcely used to a teacher as as well as other items I decluttered. Great way to keep things out of the garbage. Uh, Remy writes, uh, and I think this is coming to you, Aparna. 
I would like your guests to assign value to just getting through this time rather than the regrets about what we didn't do. The pandemic was so immobilizing emotionally. Please remind listeners to give themselves credit for the victory of simply muddling through this unprecedented time. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Aparna? Uh, sure. I think that uh, it's really incredible, I think, what, what people, the, the extent of the unprecedented time they faced. So I think that people should give themselves credit, a little slack for what they did actually accomplish and look back and do that kind of a counterfactual rather than looking at things that they self-blame and think that they did not do well. I think that uh, one of the most powerful things to make us feel good about the things we do is to have a little gratitude. And again, think about, um, you know, make some downward comparisons and think about uh, you know, people who are less fortunate and, and, and of course, try and help them if we can, but, but how much we manage to accomplish. So I think these are things that make us feel good. And sometimes when you buy something before buying it, it's important to have an abstract mindset to, to have this little thing to think about why am I doing it and why am I doing it? Not only does that allow you to build a larger consideration set, and when you've built a larger consideration set of what all you can do, because you're thinking of your goals at a higher level, uh, you have less regret later. But later on, when you look back at that purchase, you'll probably, again, associate it with a higher level goal that still persists, something that made you happy. I was ultimately doing it to go ahead and achieve something higher level, which still persists today. So I think these kind of things um, can, can help, help consumers actually be more satisfied with the kind of purchases they made. They didn't do anything wrong. They, they reacted to a time and they fulfilled the goals that were more salient to, that, to them at that moment. And circumstances just changed over time. Yeah, yeah. I think people really, you know, I kind of said it in the introduction, but I feel like people kind of forget how much that overall environment shapes you know, kind of how they think of themselves and who they are and just, you know, just sense of sense of self overall. Let's bring in uh, Bernadette in Lafayette. Welcome, Bernadette. Hi, Alex. Thank you. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for calling. Good. So um, we're um, older than most people in our 60s, and we had been living our life forever going to the laundromat. But when we got uh, Trump's stimulus money, we bought a compact washer and dryer for our little place. And um, it, it changed everything. <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> that that small of a purchase for other people, that's a huge purchase for us, but it changed our lives completely. It was Just because it gave you, gave you that time back that previously you would have had to spend, you know, waiting at the laundromat, sitting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else that it changed yeah. for you? Or anything else changed in life, you feel like? Well, yeah, I had to subsist on my own cooking and I lost weight because I'm not a great cook. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't take up, you didn't start like, you know, doing online classes, you know, uh, or like rewatching Jacques Pepin videos on KQED or anything. <laughs> no, no. I watched a uh, British bake off, but I didn't take it up. <laughs> um, hey, thank you so much, Bernadette. I do, you know, strong recommendation. It's free. It's for everyone. Jacques Pepin actually is amazing at teaching cooking. E even my kids agree. Um, <laughs> thank okay. you, Bernadette, for that uh, for that call. Let's uh, go to Frank in Mill Valley. Welcome, Frank. Uh, hi. I'd like to offer a positive, uh, and that is the completely unexpected discovery of wooden jigsaw puzzles, <laughs> laser cut with ferociously tiny uh, joins 
uh, little what they call whimsical figures cut in the wood that uh-huh. my, that tracks the theme. I was never a puzzler, and my wife uh, turned me on to it. We started doing them together and realized we were way too competitive. But now we have, I don't, God, I hate to admit, something like 70 of these jigsaw puzzles. You have a and downright time, collection, Frank. You have a collection. Oh, uh, you know, lending, and, and it's like a lending library. You know, you don't want to give away books, but you feel like you have to spread the, spread the, uh, the good news. <laughs> the time that I used to spend commuting, uh, maybe a hair more, God forbid I should admit it, uh, calmly focused on building an image of a painting or a scene that I really like has uh, absorbed not an inordinate amount of time, but I, but it's a meditative part of my life that I never had before. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm uh, you know, there's about three or four manufacturers that are really good at it. And someplace like Liberty or, or Mosaic Puzzles would be, would, would repay some close study if anybody's interested in uh, a new hobby. I, I can't uh, I can't overstate how much pleasure they've given us. Oh, that's great. Hey, Frank, I love that. Um, also, surefire sign somebody has entered the hobby of doing puzzles. They start using uh, the noun puzzler. <laughs> I feel like if you're uh, not, if, not yet, uh, but but there is a, still a competitive edge where each of us looks at the other doing a puzzle we've already done and says, oh, oh, I did that in a day, <laughs> which, of course, is B.S., <laughs> um, but, but the, in case you're the, listening, Frank's uh, wife, process. he'd like you to know. Yeah, um, yeah. I know the process of it makes you see paintings in particular. I've I've kind of concentrated on paintings. Uh, my wife likes uh, landscapes, but either or, you see the image completely differently when you assemble it. Yeah. It's it's a it's a, a lot of master class, but I'm not certainly not a painter. But it makes me appreciate the art in ways that I never expected. Oh, that's beautiful! Hey, thank you so much uh, for that uh, call, Frank. And you know, Jorge, I thought I'd, I'd toss this to you because you know, you you buy something as uh, as a puzzle, but what you get out of it is really a great an experience of uh, a greater appreciation of art. It feels like you know, is there a way, a reliable way for us to know? when a purchase may lead to that kind of experience, right? When something isn't just like, you know, uh, a, a momentary pleasure, say, but could lead us to have a, a different thing happen in our lives. Right, right. You know, it's it's a little difficult to, to ascertain that because for Frank, he had that experience with the puzzles. As for me, I'll be honest, I, I've I played a lot. Of, I did a lot of puzzles during the pandemic, and I, I unfortunately did not have that same experience. But <laughs> what we see during this time of the pandemic is that it allowed us all to have uh, more time to experiment, more time to take risks, uh, more time to uh, find new ways of doing things that we uh, we didn't do before because the old ways of doing things were not possible or accessible. So with this more free time uh, has come that ability to to do these new hobbies. And and I would I would say if there is one thing, it's that ability to experiment. And fortunately, when it comes to puzzles, I, I'm sure there's low entry to that where there is not necessarily regret. Uh, but as the previous uh, 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 caller mentioned, the pickling thing, that, that that's probably a bigger purchase and a bigger investment that that would then lead more likely to that regret experience. 
All right. Uh, let's bring in uh, San Giovini in uh, Los Gatos. Welcome. Uh, hi. Yes. Thank you for taking my call. Um, um, I'm a local pediatrician. We have a private office, and we are a small business. Um, during the pandemic, I was really concerned um, and wanted to make sure that we don't close down and have to discharge all our employees. So that was my main focus, and we made sure the office stayed open most hours. Uh, We did have some flexibility, but the office was open. The wages were given. The employees were all there, and we did not fire anybody or let go anybody. And so, of course, you know, um, I was so happy that we kept the business open, but also served our uh, patients to we were totally, completely all the time available for them uh, for to answer their questions and also see them. And we made all the changes in the office to be able to carefully see patients as needed. So we spent a lot of time and energy focused on that. So we were all focused on that. And the pandemic passed. And um, so we didn't take any time off at all, not even one hour less work mm. in the office. Um, so I, I love that part that we were able to step it up and not close the office and everybody stayed and we saw our patients and we gave our service. I'm really happy and proud about that. But um, I have a little regret that if we had if we had thought through a little bit more, we could have given ourselves a little bit time off and mm-hmm. pursued a little, gotten some rest and um, pursued some hobbies or maybe exercise more. We did not do any of that. So I have a tiny bit regret of that. But I'm mostly happy that we were able to step it up um, and work around uh, fulfilling the needs of both our employees and our patients. You know, I I feel this one particularly, too, because during the, you know, the early days of the pandemic, which, of course, you know, it continues dragging on just so people don't keep writing in saying the pandemic's not over. We know. Um, But it is different from the early chaotic days uh, of the pandemic. And I think uh, during that time, I was also working like around the clock on this thing called the COVID tracking project. And I, I too, have a little even though I I really appreciated that experience and and it was felt very meaningful to me. Um, it also was it, it was very hard because for life slowed down for a lot of people, but for people who were around the response, I think life sped up, and so it, it it's complicated. Um, thanks so much for that uh, for that call, San Giovanni. Um, let's get in uh, Dino in San Leandro. Welcome, Dino. Hi. Good good morning. How are you? Hey, doing well. Thanks for calling. Good. I love the uh, conversation uh, this morning. Uh, one of the greatest gifts that we were able to buy. Uh, during this pandemic was a travel trailer. So it's a travel trailer is, is pretty much a house on wheels. Uh, we have uh, three kids under five and experiences that they have received in the last three years has just been absolutely epic. Um, you know, instead of spending literally half the amount of the trailer to go to Hawaii for 10 days, uh, now we're able to take smaller trips on, on a whim, um, you know, being self-employed and, and, and off for about a year and a half. Um, our longest trip with our kids was uh, 32 days straight in our travel trailer. Oh, my God. 32 days? 32 days was our longest trip, and that was the very first year of COVID. Wow. Where'd you go? Uh, you know, we did the Oregon coast. We took Highway 1 all the way to Oregon. Our, our, our friend has a, uh, a farm and a ranch in Oregon, so, you know, we, we, we took our time up to Oregon. Having, you know, at that point only two kids, uh, you know, you can only travel so long per day. Yeah. Um, but the experiences and, and, and the wildlife, 
Um, my wife be, being a teacher and being off for the summers and, and again, me being self-employed, having the unfortunate time of not working has, was the best time we, we could ask for. Man, what a fascinating uh, adventure, 32 days. Just um, for given that you've done all this research, what's the best place that you went to from uh, the Bay Area with a travel trailer? You know, you can't really every every stop, every campground, every vista has its own very unique uh, things. You can't really put pinpoint that. Every day is an adventure. Every day is fun. Um, you know, just traveling that 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 coast from here to Oregon. You know, if you haven't experienced that, I think a lot of people head south. You know, heading north is a different experience. But yeah. you know, everybody bought a travel trailer, an RV during the pandemic, and I really hope you know everybody hangs on to it. I I know it was a fad, kind of like the puppy thing that you guys talked mm-hmm. about um it was definitely a great adventure for the kids and 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 you can just do it on a whim and not spend thousands of dollars on airfare yeah thank you so much dino appreciate that i was hoping to get a secret campground but obviously dino's keeping them to himself um just uh jorge just to uh help us wrap up here do you think that this pandemic has altered consumer psychology in some you know deep or fundamental way or do you think uh things will snap back the the closer we get to to normalcy well yes and no consumer psychology is is pretty fundamental uh the fundamentals are still there in terms of things like scarcity and cost benefit calculations and how the degree to which emotions drive consumer behavior but there are trends that appear to be with us to stay uh uh, the 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 drive towards convenience uh, that consumers have been putting a greater value on that, and, and accessibility, uh, having online shopping be something that we gravitate towards more because that was essentially the thing that was available to us uh, during the pandemic. Uh, but ultimately, like we heard from a lot of callers, that this was a time where just their way of functioning, their habits, the the kind of things that they just did automatically in their day-to-day life were disrupted. And so they were they had to build new habits. They had to find new ways of doing things. And for some folks, yeah, of course they regret some of these things. But for others, this was a good thing uh, because it allowed them to take those risks and find those uh, new hobbies or that free time or, or recognize the, what they valued and and search for that social connection. So yeah. I think in in, in net, uh, it, it was positive for a lot of people, even though we might have regretted, you know, purchasing that exercise equipment here and there. We've been talking about the pandemic decisions that people made, those they regretted and those that filled them with delight. We've been joined by Jorge Barraza, professor of psychology, director of the Applied Psychology Master's Program at USC. And Aporna Labru, Professor of Marketing and Consumer Psychology at Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern. Thank you both so much for joining the show. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with guest host Rachel Myro. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising-Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. 
Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.